Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. So what's it like coming off tour? First of all, what's it like being able to perform in front of fans again? It was nuts. You know, I mean, it, it, it was kind of weird just because none of us had really, we did, none of us really knew what to expect because, um, you know, who knew what was going to happen? It's like every day it was changing. So the big difference was we never, we couldn't have anybody in the backstage or, or visit any guests like day of show. So, which made it, made it kind of interesting in the sense because I, I think we had better shows as a result because we weren't distracted with all the guests and, and everything else because you're running around making sure this guy's in, he's got the right pass or she got in or whatever. And we actually, you know, for, we kind of came together really as a, as a band like, like we hadn't done in, in a long, long time because we were kind of just with each other. And, you know, got to almost like getting to know each other again in a weird way, even though we've all known each other for 30 years or whatever. But it was it was kind of kind of neat in a way, but also sad in another way, because, you know, part of the reason why you go out on tour, you know, is to see a lot of your friends. Right. And to, you know, reestablish those connections. But this time it was a, it was a, it was very different. Did you do a lot of Zoom calls? Cause like, obviously I never heard of zoom until right. like this whole pandemic thing. So like, did you have like zoom band meetings and all that stuff before leading up to the tour? We did a few of those, but we were also recording a record at the same time. You know, we said, fuck it, you know, uh, let's just, just get in there and work and, you know, take this downtime and create, which we did. And, you know, we're all, we're pretty cautious and, uh, you know, got vaccinated when, you know, they could, when we, when you could, you know, um and we also just uh um communicated like that and we're we're on the phone with each other all all the time anyway so it's whether it's in a group text or calling each other or or whatever it is we're always in constant contact just that's just the way we've we've always been you know lars uh most of our fans uh are very educated and quite savvy to everything that's going on in the wrestling business especially aew fans you being from the band rancid rancid um, uh, writing and performing the song Ruby Soho, now Ruby Soho using the music. For those that might not know, bring it yeah. all together for us. How did you meet Ruby? Permission for the song? How did it all happen for those that might not be on the inside and in the know? Well, you know, maybe you guys know, maybe you don't know, I do a podcast myself about wrestling called The Wrestling Perspective and I do thanks it with... Thanks for having uh, us on Pete. as guests, by the way. Like, yeah, yeah, thanks for the invite. Thanks. We got the number one podcast <laughs> and wrestling show in the world. <laughs> thanks thanks for the invite, brother. Good we'll job. Give you the rope, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thought you, I thought you guys, I, honestly, I thought you guys would, would big, big league me. You know what I mean? Like, be like, no. I, w- I would. LaGreca would. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I could expect that from you, but whatever. 
Um, I don't want to say, I don't want to get any heat with you. So I was going to, you know, never mind. But anyway, uh, so we, we do this wrestling perspective podcast and, and we, you know, we, how I originally got involved with it is uh, Dimitri Young, who was a, who was a, a former major league baseball player, Jason Kendall, who was a former major league baseball player and Darren McCarty, uh, four time Stanley cup winner. We're doing a podcast with Dennis Farrell, who's the, like the producer host. And they invited me on. And I had so much fun talking about wrestling because these guys were pretty knowledgeable. And I've been a wrestling fan since the early 80s. And I lived and breathed and died it for, you know, I've probably forgotten more than I, than I can remember, honestly. And, you know, just having such a good time, that's, that's how I kind of got involved with the podcast. And then Petey Williams, who, I'm, who you know, Bully, and I'm, I'm sure you guys both know. Love Petey. Um, Love Petey. Yeah. Petey's the, one of the best guys. I actually, you know, I was at Bound for Glory, you know, a couple weekends ago and I finally got to meet him face to face because the whole time that we've been doing this podcast, it's been through the pandemic. Right. So Ruby, I, I knew Ruby had hit me up uh, through Instagram because she wanted to do one of her outfits for one of the pay-per-views, uh, you know, kind of as a, as a homage to, to me. And, and I knew who she was. I, she was actually somebody I actually was a fan of. Um, and I, cause I liked her style. I liked how she's rough around the edges. She's believable, you know, um, you know, it's just when they, when, if I wish they would give the girls a little bit more time, you know, when she was there to really showcase what they can do, you know, um, sure. cause it's no secret who I know and, and who I've been around and the shows and whatever. But my point is, is that, um, I asked her, I just said, Hey, we're doing this podcast. I, I, you know, I don't know where you're at with everything. She had just been released by the WWE. I said, I don't know if you can, but I would love to have you on this podcast. You know, I'm a fan. She said yes. Um, I think it was the first one and the only one that she did at that time. And as the conversation went, she was like, yeah, I've been thinking about a new name. And I was like, well, duh. I mean, your name's Ruby. We got a song, Ruby Soho. You're a Rancid fan. Let's make it happen. And uh, she was blown away. And, and I was blown away that we made it happen. But I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, the song is one small part to her big thing. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I recognize that the band recognizes that, you know, we just wanted to make it happen because I've been a wrestling fan for, for so long. I don't know why we've never, ever been asked to be an intro music for, or write intros music for any, I mean, it, it's not like it's not common knowledge that I'm a supermark. You know what I mean? It's, it's out there. I mean, I talk about pro wrestling, you know, I do, pro, I cut pro wrestling promos on stage sometimes. You know, I mean, my, actually, our drummer says, Lars, you're not a punk rocker. You're, you know, you're you're a professional wrestler trapped in a punk rocker's body, you know, so. Most of you guys are. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, that's how I learned how to talk to a crowd was by watching, you know, you know, promos that wrestlers did, you know, like the Hard Times promo, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, that's a classic. Or, you know, watching Ric Flair, you know, or, or Tolly Blanchard or Arn Anderson was, a, was, a, was another guy. So that was kind of when I started cutting my teeth in wrestling. You know, I, I first started, I, I think I clocked it the first time in the early 80s with big time wrestling because I'm, I'm a California guy. So I saw, you know, Rocky Johnson and, and Tony Atlas and, and uh, of course, Andre the Giant was a big thing. Pat Patterson, uh, who I'm, uh, Roddy Piper, you know what I mean? So at a very early age, 10, 11 years old, I started watching it, you know? Yeah, it's funny because we talk music on Busted Open. You know, I'm a metal guy, grew up a metal guy, so is Bully, but... It's funny, I grew up, you know, listening to the Jello Biafra spoken word albums. Were you a big uh Dead Kennedys guy growing up? Is that is that I a used, band you were into? 
Yeah, I used to see them every weekend, it seemed like, you know, and they were they were crazy. Their shows were crazy. I mean, one of the first riots I was ever witness to was a Dead Kennedy show because, I mean, people would pick it, you know, rip out chairs out of these old theaters that they use to throw shows and it'd just be nuts. And and I think that energy of punk rock, you know, back then in the 80s, you know, it was definitely different than where we're at now. And you might actually like my new solo EP because I do hear Kiss a lot on your, and I do a cover of Coming Home because that was the first band oh, I wow. ever heard was Kiss. Yeah. So you, so you listen to the show. So you're a, you're a Nation member. What well, I've been a Nation member for a very long time. I was actually telling Josh Dave, that this is one of my bucket on. list interviews to do. So I listen to you guys every day because I drive my kids to school. I'm up at seven a.m. and on the way to school, we listen to Busted Open. Because my 10-year-old, he just turned 10, you know, he's started to become a wrestling fan. He got to finally meet his Uncle Punk, CM Punk, you know, when we played in Chicago. So now he's completely enamored with it. You know what I mean? And he got to meet Ace and Sign Guy, you know, Lou. And so, cool. you know, we all, we all had dinner and now he wants to be a pro wrestler. So, and it's great for me because, you know, and now we watch that. Now it's like our thing. Like we watch AEW or watch WWE. He likes AEW more. I think it's because it's a little bit more rough around the edges. It's not such a glazed donut as far as the production goes. It has a little grit, you know? So I think that's probably why he's attracted because he's got a lot of grit. So what about yourself? We're all basically the same age. And since you listen to the show a lot, you hear a lot of different takes on you know, storytelling, character development, spotty wrestling. How do you feel about the current state of wrestling? And what do you find yourself watching and enjoying now, being that you're such an old school fan? Well, I definitely think that you're the more knowledgeable host on this on this on this show. I'm sorry. I I would just I'm I'm I, no, but honestly, I was gonna make fun of Lagreca's top five. But um, you should. Power you should. Whoa, wait you should. a second, Lars. Wait you a second, Lars. I know you're a big star and everything else and all that <laughs> stuff, but you're a guest on this show. It's not polite to come on and start ripping my power rankings. No, Lars, I'm a, I'm a two-time was... Hall of Famer. I trump anything that he says. Go right ahead and bury away, my friend. <laughs> no, but honestly, like, you know, I love the I, what I love about the show is the different takes. You know, obviously Dave is a fan. You know what I mean? And you you were in the business. And for me, like, you know, uh, I've been a pro wrestling manager. I promoted a show before. So I don't know if that technically makes me like, a you know, someone who knows the business. And, but uh, it was profitable. But um, uh, I would say that it's it's one of the things that I really do enjoy about the show is the is the way that even when Mark Henry's on, you know, it's and or Tommy, you know, it's like I love the different takes you know, of uh, what you guys and how you guys think. And, and I, and I feel like I'm in, in line with you a, a, a lot of ways, bully, because I like the storytelling aspect of, of professional wrestling, which I think has been lost in a lot of ways. And uh, we're seeing it now with, you mentioned something yesterday uh, about how punk's been slowing it down and telling a story. And it's true. And, and that's one of the things that I, that I wish I would see more of in professional wrestling is that is that you don't have to do 50 spots go through a table and then start running the ropes it just doesn't it's not no longer believable to me you know what i mean and and i still have that suspension of disbelief you know i can still turn that light switch off even though i'm a 50 year old man you know i'm still like able to like you know believe what's happening i want to believe what's happening i want to be drawn in as a as a fan you know what i mean and i feel like you know a lot of the times it's just let's get to this, let's get to this, let's get this, and now we're going home. And and 
where where was the story and all that and i understand that the wrestlers maybe you know are are under the gun maybe you know more about this than me but it feels like a storyline's got to end in three weeks and how do you tell a complete story that's going to emotionally encapsulate me in three weeks remember the dusty uh flair when they break his leg i mean that was a year and how long yeah. i mean that was i mean that that kind of era i understand that era of wrestling is over and i and, and but i don't think that it's it's not it it wouldn't be hard to get back to so let me ask you this Lars. you talked about your kids and how your kids watch aew and they enjoy it um would your kid no matter what company we're talking about would your kids how old are they 10 11 how, how old are they i i got a 10 year old and a 14 year old would your 10 and 14 year old be able to invest in a six month long story or a, or a year long story? Or do we just live in such a microwave generation where the instant gratification that their attention spans are just smaller because society has shortened all of our attention spans? Well, I, I think it is possible. I think, you know, grabbing a kid's attention is, is relatively pretty easy. as long as you pay attention to them. You know, I mean, that's like the, the key to being a parent is paying attention to your kids. If you're shoving them in front of their phone for eight hours a day, absolutely not. But if you're engaging with them and helping them create, because we're all human beings, we're all creative to some degree, right? So when my kid is most present is when we're playing drums or we're playing music together or we're playing basketball together. And when we're watching that TV show, he's got questions. He's invested. He wants to know what's going to happen. When's this guy going to come on? When's that guy going to come on? So I think it's completely and totally possible. Now, for my teenager, that might be a different story. But I, I'm not too sure how to answer that question. You know, like with I don't think I have all the, the answer to that. You know, I think because it's a case by case kind of thing. And, and it's also your parent, how you parent, too, you know. I, I, I really do believe, though, if they're really invested and they're very interested. I know, like, when I was a kid bully and i could tell from my daughter too i i we grew up on the slogan collect them all like that was always the slogan every commercial was collect them all when i was into something whether it was band or a wrestler i had to know everything i looked up everything every magazine article all i still think kids do that today it's 100%. just that you got to give them a reason to do it so i i agree i think if you if you tell a good enough story they'll be invested also lars I truly believe that Tommy is the most educated host that we have. It's just that half the time you can't hear him because he has food in his mouth. So you only can you can only hear half of what he's saying. But that's my probably name the reason is why. Tommy Dreamer. I really like Rancid. Rancid is my favorite band. I want a Mohawk too. I actually am upset because the tour is over. You just finished the tour with the Dropkick Murphys, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was, and, but you know, like I said, I got this new EP coming out, my solo stuff. So, you know, and I'm pretty excited about that now. I mean, Rancid's new record will be coming out at some point. I think we're just kind of sitting back and seeing how the rest unfolds before we jump back out there again, you know, but, um, you know, I'm kind of stoked because, you know, being home, you know, and being able to kind of, you know, watch wrestling, you know, on a consistent basis, it's been pretty cool because I, I I love a lot of all the companies that, you know, I, I watch Impact, I watch GCW, I watch a lot of the Deathmatch stuff. You know, I, you know, I, I, I love about the, the, I feel like it's, we're in a golden age of wrestling right now. I mean, cause it's some, there's something for everybody and, um, you know, I'm a fan of it all, you know, so 
and uh, even the Japanese stuff. I mean, you know, being going, being able to go over there on tour, and I owned a tattoo shop over there. I, I would go to Kirikin all the time and see, you know, all Japan or New Japan or Big Japan or Osaka Pro or Noah or whatever. So I met Asawa one time, which was a big thing. I did this photo shoot with Jun Kasai one time, and we did this like co T shirt. So it's like, well, I think it was Baseball Magazine. That that always tripped me out the most is that their wrestling magazine is called Baseball Magazine. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I, I love I love professional wrestling. It, it's something that like you know since I was a little kid, I've, I've just you know absorbed. You know. So speaking of deathmatch wrestling and yeah. uh, June Kasai, uh, if I'm correct, you have a tattoo of yes. June Kasai. Uh, of all the deathmatch wrestlers, why June? Uh, just because I think there were, like I said, it, there, you know, and I think as wrestling fans, when you find that connection, regardless of the language barrier or whatever it may be, like he's the crazy monkey. I get that, you know, add alcohol to this guy. I become the crazy monkey. I'm going to be doing some death matches. You know what I mean? So, you know, but I, so I have an allergic reaction to alcohol. Now I break out in handcuffs. So I don't do that. anymore. <laughs> so. All right. You pop so, me good. <laughs> but, um, you know, June, I mean, I got a tiger mask. I got a liger tattoo. I got a Masawa tattoo. So, I mean, a lot of these, the, the Japanese guys, I, I really always loved, you know, and it's probably because I, I wasn't, I didn't get it until the tape trading, you know, and there used to be a, a board called Death Valley Driver. And I used to tape trade with Phil Schneider and, and Will Helmick and stuff like that. So I could get all that, you know, and there was a guy who had this like match list and you would pay him 20 bucks and you would tell him what matches you, I forget his freaking name. It's I can't Dave LaGreca right now. No, 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 but that was I mean, that was big. I mean, obviously yeah. the tape trading and, and, and I know you pick a certain amount of matches, you pay your money, they'll make a custom a, a custom tape for you. Um, God, that's that brings back memories. But, you know, I, the reason I brought up the tour bully, because we got to go yeah. see him when he comes out. Absolutely. We got to do we got to do Absolutely. an intro. We got to intro Absolutely. him in the, a proper guys- intro. A proper yeah, yeah. intro. You, you know, maybe you put uh, LaGreca through a table, huh, Bully? Oh, wow. I agree. That's a great well, idea. I'm, that's a great idea. That's not. I mean, you, you've I been mean, on Busted I mean, Open I mean, now for 15 minutes, Lars, and you're already smarter than Dave LaGreca. Better creative, better ideas. Let's run with it. See, Dave, here's the thing. You know what okay. I mean? You love wrestling. You love the spirit of wrestling. You want to tell a story? You want to tell a story at a Rancid show? You're going through a table. Let's go. Come no. on. Yeah. It's like no, perfect. but he'd, ra- he'd rather sense. go play with Thunder Rosa. He'd rather go play with Thunder Rosa. Listen, yeah, we'll see how that ends up uh, on November 20th in Texas. No, you know what? I, w- I would go through a table at a Rancid show. I would do that. I would do that for there you, you go. sir. For all your you loyalty, go. listening every morning, I I would go through a table for you. Lars, well, I say you, me and you super bomb him off the top of the stage right into the middle of the pit. You know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to road warriors him. Okay. Even better. Even better. Through the table. Doomsday device, brother. Just straight off. You got it. I'm hooking the clothesline off the top of the marshal. You're bringing him through the table. One, two, three. We go home. We kick off. Book it. Boom. Roots radicals. Yeah, I, right. I just wanted to. I just wanted to come and enjoy the show. I don't understand why you have to put me through pain. I'm now going to collect all rancid on vinyl, bully. I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to go, and I'm going to collect all rancid on vinyl. 
if you guys need anything from my band or any band that I'm in, and I shouldn't say our band, I should say our band, uh, you just let me know. I got you guys taken care of. No problem. No problem. Lars, Lars, you my address do- is. Th- <laughs> Lars, <laughs> Lars, my address do not is- offer this man free shit, please. <laughs> is Three Orchard Drive. <laughs> Well, just as long as you can send me back some some pierogies, because you're always talking about the pierogies. And, you know, I'm a pierogi guy, and I've had pierogies in Poland, and I, I love pierogies. So, you know, well, yeah, you, you, haven't had, you haven't had the pierogi. Yet, yeah, my, my wife's pierogi is yeah. mighty tasty. <laughs> Well, uh, over the year, over the years, I keep hearing about them, but I've never experienced it. So maybe one day. No, my wife is right from Poland. My 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 wife grew up in Poland, moved here. Oh wow. It's a great story. She 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 came here as an adult, went back to school, went to college. She's like a true success story. She's all, why she met what she saw in me, I have no idea. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. But I'm very very Fair lucky enough. in that way. Uh, you mentioned I, Dave. The, I just wanted to, I wanted to ask Lars one last question for me because you know wrestlers always want to talk to rock and rollers about music, and rock and rollers always want to talk to wrestlers about wrestling. So I, sure. I'm always fascinated by the day one. Like I remember the first day me and Devon came together and that kind mm-hmm. of magic. Do you remember Rancid's day one? Yeah, I mean there was a chemistry, and I think I formed it with with Tim first. And uh, because I was in a band, I was living in England and playing with a punk band over there that were that were sort of uh, legendary in our world as a band called the UK Subs. And so when I came home from that, um, Tim knew who that band was and we just connected. We were kind of from the same place. You know what I mean? We broken home, they, you know, that a lot of connection. Right. And uh, when um i think matt and brett were a little bit more guarded because i was kind of a wild animal i'll just be honest but tim saw something in me i think that that uh, he believed in me so that connection was formed there and then i think you know uh there was a one time there was a fight and i backed up matt and then our connection was made you, you know what i mean and then brett came and then now we have brandon of course but um yeah i think the chemistry with us was pretty instantaneous and and i don't necessarily know if we were smart enough to see it i think that just what it was it was the way that we could communicate with each other without saying much you know um and and our terminology i mean you guys have terminology to you know you know kayfabe or jabroni or whatever it is we have our terminology like when we're talking about power chords, we call them footballs for some reason and we say oh no football there football there, or whatever it is like we have our own kind of way of communicating and when we get together in a room something happens musically because i kind of know what he's i mean we've been together for 30 years i know when these guys go to the bathroom i know what question i can ask before 12 o'clock that guy hasn't had his second cup of coffee so i'm not going to bring that you know it's like as you know when you're living with people on the road you know them more intimately probably more so than their partners at home or whatever so sure, sure you know and and I think that, you know, just having that connection and that bond and we all kind of came from that same upbringing in that same place that, you know, I, I would say it was, uh, you know, it was very gritty and it was very grimy. But it, when there was also like a desperation to it as well, you know, and a survival mechanism that kicked in. And as you get older, you realize you can't really real, uh, you know, rely on that so much. But I think where we are now today as a band 
um, just because we've we've lasted, you know, a long freaking time. You know, I was 21 when I joined the band, you know, so I'm 50 now. So that gives you an idea, you know, just how, you know, and they were around a year before I joined. So uh, I think where we're at now is we're closer than we've ever been. I mean, we all have families, you know, and uh, well, me and Matt have families. And and uh, I don't know, it's, it's just it's been a strange trip, man. I mean, through the ups and the downs, those guys have always been there with me. So whether we were selling one record or a million records, like they were always very constant, you know. And just so you know, Bully, showing my support. I'm buying some merch. I went to Amazon Prime and bought some some rancid T-shirts. So I want to support support the Thank band. Thank you. Um, you mentioned the Wrestling Perspective podcast. Uh, yeah. Shane Taylor was a guest. Uh, yeah. What do you think about everything that's going on with Ring of Honor and this hiatus that they're going on until April? Well, you know, it might be the best thing for them, but I realized they were kind of some of the last ones to do live shows. And I, and I figure that maybe that might be a part of it. I'm not too sure. I mean, as a fan, I do watch that weekly program because I'm, a, you know, I have fight TV or whatever. And, and uh, I enjoy all those guys. I mean, and, and I honestly think some of the best wrestling has over the last 10, 15 years has come from Ring of Honor. I mean, you got guys like Grisham, you know what I mean? And, 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 and ta- you know, so it's like, I, I feel bad for those dudes, but I don't think they're going to have a problem finding work in the meantime. I don't know what Ring of Honor's long-term plan is, but I mean, like I said before, that we're in the golden age of wrestling where there's so many promotions and there's so many homes for these guys. And it's not like these, these, these promotions are stepping stones to get to the WWE. I think people are finally figuring out that you don't really need to do that anymore. It's like the days when punk bands, you know, we didn't have to sign the major labels to be successful. You know, you could be like the Ramones and like go to any thousand seat, 2000 seat, you know, a club or arena or whatever and sell it out. And some, I'd rather, I'd much rather have a career like the Ramones did than let's say, you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of who a flat, uh, 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 men at work. I don't know. I don't know why I thought of men at work, but no, but men at work is a good example. Men at work, like, huge in 82 but by 1984 they were done uh the ramones had and they and they sold the kajillion millions of records but it meant nothing two years later the ramones i don't think ever had like a gold album here in the states but yet they had a a 30 plus year career so you know i i think you're right i don't think you have to go by the corporate stature of how you make it and being on the radio and signing to a major label in order to make a living out of being a band. I think it's the same thing about being a pro wrestler. Actually, you probably pull a lot of current wrestlers. They know that they could be more creative, have more freedom, and have and have business outside of wrestling that they probably wouldn't be able to do in the, inside that bubble of the WWE. Well, I mean, if you look at some of these wrestlers who have left, let's say, the WWE and come to these other promotions, and you see all the talk online, but they're actually able to you know, be creative and actually bring that, tr- that part of that personality that, you, and I'm sure bully can attest to this, that you need to have to be believable. Right. And I think, you know, to become like a, you know, a superstar or, a, a, you know, a bigger, and I don't mean superstar like WWE superstar. I mean, like it's somebody, you know, who, who a main eventer. How about that? I feel like you have to be so in touch with your own post and that personality. I mean, look at, I mean, CM Punk, is, you know, and I'm not just saying that because he's one of my best friends and, you know, I, I, but that guy was believable because 
He's legit. He's straight edge. This is what he believes. So when you give him a platform to actually be himself and express himself, and it's not like some scripted promo that we all can tell that's happening, that's just like the glazed donut. I can go to any donut shop and get a glazed donut. So it's going to taste the same. It's going to probably look the same. Some might look prettier than others, but it's it's at the end of the day, it's just going to end up in my stomach and I just ate a glazed donut. There's nothing exciting about that. So when you give these wrestlers opportunities to come in and, and to express themselves, and I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, creative freedom, which I've had my whole career, right, is more important than any kind of money. It's more important than anything else. Because at the end of the day, I did what I wanted to do. And anybody who tried to tell me different got this, right? So I see that with these wrestlers. And I see these guys coming in. And you got Malachi Black. You got, like, Ruby Soho. You got people like, I mean, look at freaking Matt Cardona. I mean, in a million years, did you ever think that he would be trending number one because he did a freaking death match? I mean, my respect for that guy went through the roof and i just saw him last week and i told him i said you know the fact that you had the balls to go in there and get with get in the ring with nick gage and create that art with him and be that guy and then then have a million bottles thrown at the end of the match like that to me shows me that you have grit and respect and love for what you're doing and as a performer and i don't think in any way shape or form we would ever see that if he was up in the in the wwe or some other company that you know squeezes you you know and i also see like you know, these indie guys, half the reason why they get so big is because they have this ability to protect, you know, to connect with this personality. Then they get to the show and then they're completely changed. And you're wondering why it doesn't work. And you're like, why doesn't it work? Well, because he's not what he was to get him to that place to, to for him to, I don't know, I, I get angry at that. And I'm sorry. I think you see a ton of similarities in your business. True. I mean, I, I would I would venture to say that if the record company that you were working for at the time, because I know you guys never wanted to sign with one particular company, but if they told you, hey, you need to you need to write the next Ruby Soho, you'd probably be like, we wrote it once, and that's all we need to write it, you know? And you'll, you're going to get what we give you. Well, that's exactly kind of where we're at, and I, th- and I think that, you know, over time, you know what I mean, you realize that, like, those moments in times, yes, they're very, and I'm super happy to be, uh, to have that song, to have the songs that, you know, that, that are popular in the set, you know, and I'm very grateful, but like, I can't, we can't go back and recreate that history. That was a certain time and a certain moment. And yes, we springboarded from there. And now we're we're bigger now, now than we've ever been. And, and our biggest record was in 1995. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we still, it's, you don't sell records like you used to, but our live shows, are you know we can we can go anywhere and do okay and and to be like i said that's when i made the ramones like uh, analogy like that's what we're where we want to be you know most importantly is i'd want, i'd rather go down in history like the ramones i i don't want it i never wanted to be led up you know i wanted to be kiss but then i turned eight and then i didn't want to be kiss anymore but you know See what saying. he did there hey <laughs> Careful. <laughs> no, but you know, because we talk about, and it's funny as Lars is talking, it kind of brought me back to a different, because, you know, you and I, Bully, we talk about the fans right now uh, with when it comes to AEW and WWE and them fighting. But then I remember like being a kid and like I was, I loved Metallica, love like Metallica. Metallica said, hey, we're never going to put out a video. 
We're never going to make right. a, a video for MTV. What did they do? The next album, they make five videos for MTV. You know, we're never going to we're never going to make a song that's a, a commercially acceptable song for the radio. Next album they make, you know, Enter Sandman. That's in the top 40 and like it's easy to say one thing when you're in that moment, but then when you're given the opportunity, that really shows if you're going to stand by your word and stand by your mantra. And it's hard to do that. And I think it's all, it's hard to do that when it comes to wrestling. I think there's yeah, still I, the... Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, Metallica, that's a great example, right? But I think that as a band, and, as, and, and I can only speak for myself, and I'm not trying to counterpoint you, but like, you know, there's there's certain things that happen inside a band. You know, it's like, and I know Metallica and the way that they work because they've been together for so long yeah. with very minimal lineup changes. I mean, it's very minimal. So, the, the, you know, I know for like how Rancid works, if one guy does not want to do something, it doesn't happen. You know, that's the way. It, but if one guy wants to do something, <clears throat> it's a little bit more like, well, what's his what's his point of view? You know, what's his train of thought? You know what I mean? Because it, it wouldn't be punk rock in the ethos to, for Rancid to do a video, but we were the first, one of the first, we were on MTV before Green Day or Offspring was back in 93 on Headbangers Ball, right? So that was, we weren't doing it to become famous. We were doing it to like <clears throat> sort of capture this moment in time. That was what, what we were really going for. And what, you know, obviously snowballed from there. But my point, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to protect Metallica a little bit because, you know, you have to progress. You have to, you, if you start putting walls in front of yourself as a musician, as a creative person, wrestlers are super freaking creative. Musicians are super, artists, actors. If you start putting those walls and you start editing before the creative process even can, can manifest, then you're kind of cutting your dick off in a way. You know what I mean? I hope I can say that. Yeah, you just did. And, and it's fine because okay. it's satellite radio. Uh, but you know, but, but you're right because sometimes you say something because you're in that moment and you don't, you never think you're actually going to progress to that next stage. I mean, you classic, know. classic example when Lollapalooza 1996 or whatever, I said a year before that Ransom would never do any of that hippie shit. Okay. But then you fast forward six, seven months later and the Ramones are saying, we're only going to do it if Ransom's going to do it. And then we say, well, we're only going to do it if the Ramones are going to do it. Are you? I, I know I said it was stupid hippie shit, but I'm not going to go and miss the Ramones 35 times. Yeah, I'm going to tour with the freaking Ramones. You know, what I mean, that's going to take precedent. Yeah, I was a young kid, you know, whatever. But my mind can change that fast too. So it's like we have to give people, and I think that you know everything's so freaking polarized, whether it be in professional wrestling or just in our culture in general, that nobody has any room to make any mistakes. So everybody's watching what they're saying or, you know, tiptoeing around little things. And it's like, that's not expressing yourself. No. You know? and, yeah. And, and you can't. And you also, I think there's like a stigma too, that you can't change like a, right. a, a point of view or perspective or an opinion that you had 20 years ago. Doesn't mean you still have that same point of view or perspective, you know, 20 years later. And I think, you know, people have to realize that times change, but people can change as well. Lars, talk about talk about the EP. Talk about everything that you're doing now as a solo artist. Well, I just want to say, you know, to prove your point, this guy right here used to stutter and wear glasses. Okay. <laughs> now it's he true. doesn't. So what, he, a schmuck. He what a schmuck he was. Yeah, because well, he, became... he obviously had some speech therapy and some people that very that cared for you very very much, and now you're the man you are today. So the new EP, 
is is on is on pirates and see how i segued is that all right excellent okay, perfect so, oh, thank you it's so all the those new reps EP, doing the wrestling perspective podcast is really taught yes. you a lot <laughs> it's by you do the lars and bully show Dave. Lars and Bully show. You. Take it easy, Bully. Oh, come Please, on. man. I already, I already no, Bully's it. making. I'm sorry, Lars. Bully's making remarks about me. This guy, I'm telling you, he doesn't know what side his bread is. But you try doing this without me, pal, and see where you are. Come on, give me a break. I'll, I'll be. I'll be doing a show with Lars. <laughs> we got this. We got this. We got this, Bully. You know? And I gave and so, I even gave him top billing. See how I lure him in? Give him top billing. Oh yeah, we'll do the Lars and Bully show. And then when I reel him in just deep enough, bam, get him. Knives, forks to the left, knives in the back, just like I always yeah. taught you, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Then I'll be doing then a I'm, show with Devon, and it'll just be me talking for three hours. <laughs> well, um, okay. So the new EP, uh, it's, um, it's 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 out. It'll be out on uh, in November. I got a, a video out right now. I'm going to release a few, some, a few videos. It's a six song EP. Um, basically, you know, throughout my, you know, last 10, 15 years, people said, you know, have suggested to me, Hey, why don't you do like a Billy Bragg kind of thing? You know, just you and a guitar, electric guitar and sing some songs. And I always kind of shied away from it because I always felt like I'm a band guy, you know? And then I finally, during, right before the pandemic hit, we, we uh, we had a lot of things were happening. Like you know, we we got to finally play Madison Square Garden, which was like my, the three third thing on my bucket list. It was a sold out show. It was rad, you know. And uh, and I started thinking, well, you know, I was kind of putting these boundaries. No, I'll never. No, I'll never. And I said, finally, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. And I did. And my friend of mine here in town, he's a promoter in town. I said, hey, do you want to promote a little you know a solo show for me? And he's like, yeah. And I said, let's do it in a small place. Like maybe a hundred people will come, whatever. And, you know, we did it in a 450 cap room and it sold out in like three or four hours. And I was nice. like completely blown away by it. And then also through the pandemic, I was, I had a lot of this new music going on because I was going a lot, going through a lot in my personal life. And so, and I find that when, you know, that when you get in touch with that pain, right, you get more creative. And I went into the studio and started recording some new songs. And then I said, well, you know what? Maybe I could do what I was doing at my show, which was covering like Rancid, the old firm casuals, uh, you know, doing a Kiss song, coming home. Uh, you know, I did, you know, uh, Ramon's song. I did the UK sub song, a, a band I used to be into. And why don't I just record those and see how they come out? And so I did. And I recorded about 16 or 17 songs. And I was like, you know what? I'll take six and put it out. And that's kind of how the idea came. And so now I'm just kind of riding with that, doing some videos, having some fun, being creative. You know, it's I feel I'm kind of at this point now with my age, with my maturity, you know, that like if I don't do it now, when am I going to freaking do it? You know, yep. that's totally awesome. agree. That's awesome. Congratulations. I Thank you. bully. We definitely when when he decides to go back on on tour and this this EP is going to we're going to be talking about it every day. We're going to be playing music off of it on Busted Open. We want to make you. this as huge as humanly possible, bully. So we got to go when we, when he plays live. We got to go, bully. You and I together. We're go, what do you mean? What, what, you don't have to convince me. Together. We're going. We're going. No, but together, you and I together. You got to be in go. the and you have to be in the pit with me. Oh, you can't. Whoa. You can't be in a pit with me, pal. You didn't do. Listen, dude. Please. I am the master. Please. I'm of the legendary pit. in the. Pit. I am no, dude. Nothing. No, please. please. You know please. nothing. Now, you're a hall of famer now. You don't do that shit anymore. You're all hall of famer. You're too good for that. I'm in the middle, well, right in the pit, all time. Well, you're up. You know you're what, up I'll, in the penthouse. Please. 
I'll, I'll talk to him tomorrow about it, David, because we got the debut of our new uh, podcast. So I'll, I'll let I'll, I'll school bully a little bit. I'll, don't worry about it. We got you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, here's what we really need to do. We need to get Mark Henry in the middle of a pit. Uh, he'll just Whoa. kill people. <laughs> uh, you know what? I want to be with Mark Henry like 24-7 just walking down the street. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And please tell Mark I said hello. Uh, you know, I haven't seen him in a while. He's, he was always super gracious with me. And uh, I think me and you bully met once. I don't know if you remember. It was in San Jose. I think it was could have been on Punk's bus. No. You don't remember. That's okay. No, no, but, I've never on Punk's bus. Well, it was on a bus. Maybe I was with Punk. You guys were okay. on a tour bus. Okay, okay. But it was you and Was it at a wrestling show or a, or a, yeah, was, a, rock, a, a gig? It was a Monday Night Raw in, in okay. San Jose at, the, at the, the SAP Center. Who were you coming to visit? Punk? Punk? Oh, okay. Yeah, because all right, because Punk, Punk Gallows, and and uh, the Glamazon stayed with me, so that would have been. I mean, obviously, he was still wrestling, and we went over together. That's that's the thing. Anyway, all right. Side note: edit well, it out, Josh. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> have a we'll, we'll we'll have a much more memorable meeting next time we get together. For sure, and, and you guys, I want I can't tell you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for having me on. This has like been like the coolest thing for me as a wrestling fan and as a fan of the show. Thank I you. hope we can do it again. You know, no, my you uh, see, Dave. Go, I, uh, see, so, Lars, full disclosure: Dave wanted to bump you, and I said absolutely not. That is so not true. That is so because Sarah. <laughs> Sarah loves Rancid. She's a huge Rancid fan. Her two favorite bands. And, 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 and I had to remind you of that. And I had to remind you of that so we wouldn't bump Lars. I said, I said, not only will this be fun, we'll probably go way longer than we thought we would. Aren't you happy we didn't bump him? I, that is completely not true, Lars. That is 100% not true. And Lars, <laughs> just so you know, with everything that you've done in, in you know the music industry and the success of Rancid and your solo stuff and you having the wrestling podcast, of all the great shit you've ever accomplished in your life, I just followed you back on the old Twitter machine. So, <laughs> Wow. Listen, now, now it's on, Bully, because, you know, I mean, I, I think I say some pretty witty comments to your post, and I never get any, uh, any hearts from you, so... Let's step up the game, okay? Or I don't. LaGreca are going solo. That's I right. don't like Oh, tweets. Lars and LaGreca. Lars and LaGreca. <laughs> Top billing, Lars and LaGreca. They go on tour. It will Lars never get over. You already tried doing two marks talking about pro no. wrestling. How'd yeah, that work out for you? And it worked. You got us fired. <laughs> Lars and, Lars and LaGreca, 2022. I love it. I love it. With chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary dairy. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.